Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast listeners, you are going to start hearing us recording from the sanctuary again. We have, as a congregation, decided to come back together to worship in person with masks on and a COVID protocol that is our way of prioritizing the most vulnerable among us, those who cannot be vaccinated or who are not vaccinated. So enjoy listening. And again, you might hear us from our sanctuary in Atlanta, Georgia. Some of the recordings might actually end up um, sounding different in this setting, but we hope that you continue to listen, give us feedback, rate us on your different podcast listening apps and take good care. Be safe. And if you just like don't even know the words but you want to move, this is a very safe space to do that. It's who I am. It's who I am.
nothing wrong with you and that this is a community that loves you as you are. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs>
see it's your work. Even when I don't feel it's your work. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop singing to Even when I don't see it's your work. Even when I don't feel it. Even when I don't feel it. You never
couple feet in front of you. Notice your breathing. You don't have to change your breathing. Just notice it. Notice how your body is supported under your legs, your back. Just notice the seat that you're sitting in. Sometimes it helps me when I'm just trying to be where I am to wiggle my toes. If you're able, wiggle your toes just in your, in your shoes or in your... As we get quiet, we hear maybe the sound of our own breathing, maybe the sound of the air conditioners in the room. Hear that sound and keep breathing. Maybe you feel the hotness of your breath because you're wearing a mask. Just notice that. Notice your breathing. With a couple more deep breaths. I would ask that you pray with me. Creative and creator God, the one who called us into being. We come into your presence consciously by coming into the presence of ourselves and our bodies. We come into your presence with the sound of voices singing. We come into your presence, God, asking for a reprieve, asking for your peace to be rested upon us in this time, God. Let our hearts and minds come together. Let that still small voice inside that calls us, that is connected to you, that is divine, speak in this space, in this time, God. Let us feel your love. Let us feel your presence, God. In a world where there is so much going on, so much pain and hurt, let us focus for this time on you. Be with us, God. Hold us strong. Help us to overcome those things that have held us back, held us and kept us from a closeness and a oneness with you, which is a love and acceptance of ourselves. God, we pray all this in the strong name of Jesus, your son, the black Messiah, who came and showed us a new way. Amen. All right, it's not on your bulletin, but we're a, we're a family that likes to greet each other, and we're also in this weird pandemic thing. So um, if you feel comfortable and you want to go give somebody a hug, ask first. Um, but this is, we've come to our time of greeting, and it's not in the bulletin, but I'm calling it audible because it works better for what I'm doing. And uh, so stand up, feel free. If you're an introvert, feel free to stay, and somebody will come to you. And if you're an extrovert, have fun. <laughs> this one's elbows. elbows.
somebody uh, no. it's a lot of fun. Oh. 
don't leave me and Louise hanging. Everyone, please participate. <laughs> and so we're going to do an exercise. So I want you to use your arms to show me how much you love something. So like this is you love it a little, this is you love it a lot. So how much do you like pizza? You like summer? <laughs> so now we're going to switch it up. How much do you think God loves you? You can be honest. So our Bible verse today asks us to think, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God? Do you think we can even picture how much God loves us? Kind of. The Bible has so many pictures to try and tell us what God is like. We see God as a shepherd that loves the sheep, a father that loves his son, a mother hen who loves her chicks, and lots of other images. And they can try to help us wrap our brains around how much God loves us. Do you have any pictures or words you use to describe God and how much God loves you? Do you always? Not really? Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to imagine. I sometimes think of God as like a hug. What about Ooh. water? Park out. Oh, I love that hug thing. You just yell it out. <laughs> a parent? A parent? Yeah. A friend?
Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, y'all. Um, we've come to what we we're going to call our hymn moment this morning. And partially that's because we have a special guest this morning who loves attention. So, um, Daniel is preaching this morning, so when Daniel preaches, we all know that Mama Bass comes to church. And we love that because it reminds us that it's good to have a mama who loves you. And if you don't have a mama who loves you, I know I'm just volunteering Mama Bass, she'll love you. Also, my mama will love you, but she's not here this morning, so we're going to volunteer Mama Bass. Um, and both Daniel and I grew up with hymns and singing, and um, we're just going to have a little hymn moment. So, and we're going to dedicate it to Mama Bass.
thank you for this big reminder of your love for us, for this big reminder of who you are. And Lord, I just want to pray for my friend and my brother Daniel as he comes and brings you word. Mm -hmm. Would you be, just let him be a mouthpiece for your spirit this morning. Mm -hmm. I know your spirit is very loud in him. to popular belief. We sang that hymn because I love my mama, not because I love attention. <laughs> Praise God. I wasn't talking about you. Okay. <laughs> oh, you mean like my mother? Your mother doesn't love attention. She also doesn't love attention. No. Okay, just make sure we cleared all that up. No, no, no. I have questions. No, no. <laughs> um, to be honest, I have a lot of questions this morning. And I'm still working out the answers. So um, I hope that's cool with y'all. Let's pray one more time because I ain't prayed yet. Um, and then we'll start up. Enormous God whose name is love, who's called each of us into this space, who sees us and knows us to our depths and still loves us. God whose grace and mercy and proximity and closeness and nearness and love doesn't cost a thing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't require us to be or do other than we are. God, you are not waiting for us to be the best versions of ourselves before you will love us or mm -hmm. use us or meet us or be close to us. Would you fill this space, this time with you? Would you help us to slow down our racing thoughts, our racing bodies long enough to sit with your word, with the questions that we have, that we might be transformed in your presence. Mm -hmm. so in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I pray nice prayers because I like to talk, but <laughs> the truth of the matter is, um, most of the time, I'm not sure whether or not I actually believe in God. And church really gets on my nerves. Mm. So, if that makes you uncomfortable, it also makes me uncomfortable. Uh, here we are. Uh, I come here week after week, and I lead worship, and I'm a deacon, which is wild. Um, and I used to love going to church more than anything else. I was obnoxious about it. You can ask my mom. Um, my best friend. Um, but now church makes me itch a lot of the time. Like I just feel itchy about church. Mm. And so I tell myself that if you want to get out, get out. You know, nothing's stopping you. Why on earth do you keep showing up? To quote Lauren Hill's character in Sister Act 2, Sister, what's the point? <laughs> That's a question I have about church often. What's the point? Um, but we'll get to that one in a little bit. Maybe a better question to start with is, what's my issue with church? Uh, what's my problem with church? And that's what I've been thinking about all week, which is a very cool way to sermon prep. <laughs> Why don't you like church? Uh, part of my issue with church is that it's too unpredictable. There are moments where it just doesn't behave. Sometimes it can fling your soul wide open and you have surprise tears in your eyes and then the next day, you're like sitting through a meeting about how we're going to pay for this something, and it's just boring and mind-numbing. 
to the nth degree. <laughs> Church can be a jubilant wall of song rising up during worship, or it can be picking up people's nasty coffee cups that they left all over the place because they just weren't thinking. Um, See, so yeah, I have a bad attitude. I told you, I warned you up front. Sometimes you just want to look at church and be like, go home, church, you're drunk. Like the way you're acting <laughs> is ridiculous. Like you're about done here. Um, and that's just on the local scale, right? That's just like showing up on a Sunday. But when you zoom out and look at the big C church, it is a real disaster. And disaster is not the word I wanted to use. Um, so fill the blank there for your <laughs> The church is not doing its job. And that's my problem with church. The church is supposed to be a family that gives everybody a place to belong, to be valued, to offer proximity to the folks who need it most. That's what church is supposed to be. Too often, it does anything but. Mm. The word says, real preaching. Uh, in the scripture we read today, the word says that God is the one from whom every family in heaven or on earth gets its name. Um, so to be even churchier, you know, preachers always well in the Greek. I gotta hit y'all with in the Greek this morning. Uh, yeah. In the Greek. Um, the word father in Greek is pater. And then family in Greek is patria. So literally there's wordplay happening here where like the word for God, Father, becomes the word that we use to make families. So God is a family. Have you ever thought about that before? God is a family. And families here on earth are supposed to have the same quality. Learning from God what it means to be family. But families here on earth can be pretty raggedy. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> and the Christian ones aren't any better than the non-Christian ones. I think of a friend from a few years back who was kicked out of his home in Jesus' name. His parents threw him out like garbage only because he liked boys instead of girls. I think of that good Christian family who will disown their daughter because she married outside of the race. Mm. Has a good Christian person ever treated you like something nasty on the bottom of their shoe? Mm. Show of hands mm -hmm. if a good Christian person has ever treated you like that. I can't really tell you how many times over the years I've been grateful that I was not raised in a good Christian home. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like an awful lot to deal with. These folks make the love of God look like a sham. Worse, a cruel trick. Mm. A love known mostly by its absence as you hear the deadbolt locked. Them inside, you outside. Instead of being a family, a circle of belonging, the church looks more like an exclusive country club. Mm -hmm. So my next question is, my questions, they flow. If the church could be this awful, how did we all get here? <laughs> and why are we showing up week after week? If you haven't thought about it in a while, spend some time this week thinking about how, how you got here and why you keep showing up. I've sat with it all week. I would like you to sit with it just a little while. <laughs> it might be revelatory for you. 
I think a lot of people made their way through the doors of the church chasing a kind of longing. Maybe they're desperate for just a little joy, an ounce of peace, a bit of belonging. Have you ever hoped for something that you weren't sure existed? Mm -hmm. Longed for something that you weren't sure could actually be fulfilled? That is how I was when I found church as an 18-year-old. So I showed up and I was like, wait a minute. You mean there is really a place where you get to listen to stories and sing songs with people and have people who want to know you really deeply and believe that you have great things to contribute? This exists? Church is great. Church seems really lovely. I guess I've had it wrong all these years. Mm. It was when I started attending church as a happy heathen that I was first introduced to Jesus in the Gospels. And the Gospels are, I mean, everybody, you're supposed to love all the Bible, I guess. Um, I have my favorites, and I have parts that I don't touch. Um, the Gospels I will actually come back to over and over and over again, because that's where you find Jesus. Uh, the Gospels recount a moment where Jesus enters this wealthy man's house for a country club dinner, right? The rich host treats Jesus real raggedy, real poorly. He didn't greet him right. He didn't give him the customary kiss. He didn't give him a place to clean up before dinner. Jesus is just sitting there dusty and crusty at this country club dinner where he's supposed to be real fancy. But on the edges of this circle, locked at the outside, there is a woman of ill repute. To the horror of the people at the center of the country club, this woman comes pushing through and she washes Jesus' feet with her tears and then she pours priceless perfumed oil over him. I mean, can you see the scandal? Can you smell it? Somebody pours out a whole jar of perfume, it's going to change the entire room in a big way. The guy who runs the place, the host, says, some prophet this Jesus is, doesn't he know what kind of sinful, nasty lady is touching him right now? She's all over him. She needs to be thrown out. And he's a fake. And Jesus points out to this good Christian soul, this is before they were good Christians, but <laughs> that this woman is overflowing with love and she has nothing to worry about when it comes to sin. She thought she was locked outside the circle of God's family, and yet here is the love of God in her midst, with skin on, close enough for her to touch. Proximity has drawn her in where she had been locked out. She was overwhelmed because she had not been sure that that existed for her. When the thing you were too scared to hope for shows up, it makes something as unfathomable as the love of God actually seem believable. Mm -hmm. That's what church did for me when I was 18. So like the woman in the story, I poured out all I had for the church. I mentioned cleaning up coffee cups, I've done it. I have brewed the coffee, I have taken out the trash, I have sung the songs, I have run the slides. Anything you can do in the church, I have done it. Raise your hand if you have ever labored in the church. Praise God, that does not surprise me in the slightest. 
the ones used the hardest are the ones that are just discarded after that. I mean, they want you to show up. They want you to serve. They want you to tithe. But it might be a little bit more uh, contingent than you realize. I was finally on the inside, and I loved it so much. I have that story of getting into the inner circle, into the country club, and being like, this is great. We're having a blast. This is the party I was always trying to get into. And then things got weird again. When I was 33, 15 years later, after years of belonging, the country club reared its ugly head. Mm. And I was locked out of my church family because of my queerness. Right. And I am not the only person in this room with that story. Mm -hmm. God is already hard to believe in. Amen? But when the church lets you know that you can't be in proximity, that you deserve to be locked out, you let the hope die, and you look for somewhere else to belong. Maybe you are stronger and better than I, but that is what I did. You tell yourself, I was an idiot for believing in this, and you vow to yourself not to open up to that kind of hurt again. I spent a few years getting used to life on the outside, right? I grew up outside of this church thing. I found my way to the middle, I got kicked out to the edges again, and I said, this is where I belong. I don't want to go back on the inside. It's gross there. I don't like church. And then a friend invited me to park have. <laughs> and against my better judgment, I showed up. <laughs> and I saw all of the ones who had been locked out before. The church that I had gone to did not look like this. I showed up here, and I saw the black and the brown ones. I saw the gay and the lesbian ones. I saw the trans and the non-binary ones. The disabled ones, the unhoused ones, the young and the old ones. All the folk whom the country club had deemed unfit for proximity to Jesus. Mm. Y'all wait out there. And suddenly I was put in a very vulnerable position of having to decide if I could believe all of this again. Mm. Can I show up to church? Is that something I can actually do after all of this? It's hard to believe. In the letter to the Ephesians that we read earlier, the author is reminding the listeners of something that's really, really wild. The Gentiles are in the family now too. If you have sat in scripture for very long at all, you know that closeness to God belonged to the Jews. And then, after literal millennia of being locked out, the Gentiles are in the family now too. Non-Jewish people, anybody has access to proximity to God. Doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter who your daddy is, whoever you are, you are allowed to be close. To God, you're in the family. You don't have to follow all the rules to earn God's love. You're in. The author says, I, I really like this. It was nice for me. Maybe it would be nice for you. He says, I pray they, I don't know if it's a he. They say, I pray that you would know the love of God, even though it's unknowable. Mm. I pray that you would believe the love of God, even though it's unbelievable. Just how great and 
big and wide and deep is the love of God for you. Mm -hmm. Not the love of God out there. The love of God right here up close for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I pray that you would be rooted and grounded in it. Mm -hmm. That you would be filled up to the brim with it. That the love of God would fill you all the way up to the tippy top. Why? So you can hoard it and make another country club that's a little bit bigger and shinier? Mm. Absolutely not. So that you can carry it to the others who have felt locked out and bring them into proximity. Into the family, like God is a family. Mm. This good news is hard to believe. But I really, really want it to be true. And you know what helps me believe it? When the church does its job. The church is at its best when it takes the love of God and puts skin on it. Makes it tangible. Mm -hmm. For Christ has no hands, no feet, no love in this world but ours. If they're going to believe it, it will be because they were loved well by us. Mm. If we are going to believe it, it's because we loved each other well. Mm -hmm. Loving your neighbor isn't a command. It is a sacrament. Mm -hmm. Sacrament is a real churchy word. <laughs> Let me say what I mean. Let me make it plain. <laughs> a sacrament is something physical that you can touch that makes the invisible reality of God believable. Okay? So your neighbor is not somebody to put on your to-do list. It is your opportunity to know the love and proximity of God. Yep. Your neighbor is accepted. Say that. When we resist the temptation to lock the country club doors, when we cast wide the circle of God's family, we make God's love credible in a world full of doubt. Otherwise, what is the church doing? Mm -hmm. What is it for? Mm -hmm. If we are not carrying this love to the least of these, then we are like a symbol that won't stop crashing. No one wants to hear it. They can't wait to get away from it. Me included. <laughs> church does a lot. Some might say too much. <laughs> it gets on my nerves. Church is complicated and annoying and joyous and messy because people are all of those things. Right. And in the country club, you have to pretend not to be. You have to polish it. You have to be real shiny. You gotta talk right, walk right, pay your dues in shiny shoes if you don't be in that club. Hmm. But at its best, the church makes God's love believable. It shows folks who thought that they were locked out, thrown away, too unlovely, that they too are held in the circle of God's love. Family. Proximity. That's why I still show up. It's a place to ask my questions and let some of my sharp edges get filed down. And the good news is, if God is a family, if we are a family, then we get to do the work together, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
my mama said I'm not allowed to tell the sermons anymore how spoiled I was as a child. <laughs> so instead, I want to say I grew up in a house where my mama did all of the work. My mama worked harder than anybody. She was cooking, she was cleaning, she was laundry, she was my only companion for many years. Y'all know that's obnoxious. <laughs> Nobody is supposed to do the work of my mom. mowing the yard, mama said. Don't forget she mowed the yard. Yes, get your credit. If we are a family, we do the work together, right? Jesus has no hands in this world but ours. I pray that you will be filled up to the brim with the love of God so that you can make it real to someone else. Oof. And if you have a little space this week, ask yourself why you keep showing up. I hope you have a good answer. <laughs> Love y'all. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Daniel. As we move into our time of response, that's a great question. Where and when do we show up for those around us who are in proximity to us? I love what you said, that church could be that banging sound that's annoying, or at worst, a tool of empire to hold us down collectively, or it can be a place of healing. That's the hope that I hear in this message. As we respond, there are many ways to do this. One of them is to participate in this piece of art that we are working on together. You can write what you heard, write the ways that you want to be in proximity, write the ways that you want to embody God's love for your community, write the ways that you need that. You can come up and write on these paper and stick it on this painting, and this will be a part of our living history that exists on the walls in, in this place as we create together. If you want to move into a deeper, intentional relationship with Park Avenue, Pastor Henry and I are gonna be in the back. We'd love to pray with you or to talk about what it looks like to show up here and be annoyed by us, but also to love with us in this radical way. Respond as you feel led.
So if nothing else, <laughs> we will be <laughs> fed. Uh, I will be on the grill, but definitely bring something out. Um, I was thinking the other day, like, depending on how many kids, I've been sending this out to everyone. Uh, Manor Jackson, King Middle. Um, I'm prepared to get in my car and go drop them off at the doorstep. So if you are uh, so led with me, um, if we don't have enough kids to come on that day, I will be driving to Trestle Tree in different places and just dropping them off. Um, and, I, and that's just me because I'm trying to get rid of all of them on that day. Um, but if you know of anyone who may be in need, um, please, um, you should see the flyers and everything online um, as stated as well. My guy who cuts my hair, they're opening up their shop just for the youth um, from four to six, five dollar haircuts. They're normally twenty dollars, so they're opening it up for the youth. Um, if you know of anyone um, who needs a haircut, young kid, young youth before school, which starts next week, yay, or traffic, um, please have them come. The other announcement is we've been asked um, by Wood Chapel Barbecue um, to help them with a blood drive. I know every year we do at least one. Um, we've already did our one this year, but she did email me this week and asked us to host another one. Uh, Wood Chapel will be supplying all of the food. Uh, they'll be setting up outside. So once again, if nothing else, come and support. Tell your friends to come um, and, and be a part of the blood drive. This is something that's very dear to me. Uh, many of you know my mom almost lost her life two years ago, and it was because of the blood that they had to ship from uh, California overnight and saved her life. Um, Georgia is one of the shortest. They, they have a short supply of blood, so they have to go to other states to get it to come here. So please, if you can, get blood. August 9th, um, from 3 to 7, we'll be in this place and we'll be having a blood, blood drive on with some Amen? Amen. 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 Let us pray about offering this in this, in this time. God of abundance, God um, gives purpose and gives direction. We come with hearts filled with gratitude for all that you have blessed us with. And at this time, we come to give a little of that back so it may be used to extend this love that Deacon Daniel talked about, talk about this morning, to put skin and feet into our work. So this morning, God, may it be used for the building of your kingdom, for the progression of your love in the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. In all ways, you always have several ways to give. Uh, 470-300-1731 is the text. 470-300-1731. We also have baskets in the bank if you want to place it there as well. And you can go to parkabbaptist.com slash give and give that way to Y'all, we rehearsed that last song, and it sounded real pretty in rehearsal. And then we messed it up just now. It, like we had a thing that we wanted to do, so we're gonna do it one more time. So just <laughs> praise God. And you said this is your offering song. <laughs> Thank you. 
Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.